Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Real Talk. This is a new podcast that we're setting up. My name's Jordan. This is Jack. How are you doing, guys? Okay, so basically, we were having... What even happened? We were having, like, a Skype call or something when we were last week, and we were just, like, we were chatting for a long time, and then we were just, like, we should probably set up a podcast. Yeah, that's quite yeah. a good idea, to be fair. I mean, obviously, you're um, working in Vietnam at the moment, um, which kind of relates to, like, what we're going to talk about in this podcast, so... Um, this one we're going to talk about our experience traveling um, and why we think it's important and if anyone would like any advice on like where to go uh, what to do um, this is probably the, the objective of like our podcast today yeah 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 and then I think what what, what do you reckon like probably try and get one um, an episode out once a week keep it to 30 minutes every week uh, with a different theme something we can talk about if anyone's actually, we don't know if anyone's even going to listen to this, but if they are, <laughs> you are listening, <laughs> then uh, so drop us a message. If you want us to talk about something or you want to come on, we could get like a three-way chat going. I, that'd be pretty sick, I think. Yeah, for sure, man. Especially people um, from our area, for anyone who doesn't live in our area that may listen to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Jordan come from a working-class mining village in uh, the north of England um, called South Kirby. Um and a lot of people don't really get the opportunity or even really think to travel outside of England. Um, so I guess this is more so aimed towards people that we, we might know who may listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people we might have met when we were around and stuff as well. So, um, I mean, yeah, this is sure. pretty cool. Um, what, so what was your, your first experience traveling? Probably, when did you like catch the bug, would you say? I'd say it's the first time I went, so... It kind of happened by accident the first time I went away. So I, three years ago, I decided to go traveling around Europe for a month with um, um, a couple of my friends. But I decided to go literally two days before um, they planned to go away. So I went to a music festival in England um, and they'd asked me like earlier on in the, in the year, like, do I want to come? And I'd never been away before. And for some reason, I was just like, nah, like, why would anyone want to do that? Like... It's not very interesting to me. Um, and then I just had a, such a good time at the music festival with them and I was just like, you know what, like, why would I not go? Like, I'm having such a good time with my friends. I get to spend another month with them, traveling around the world. Um, just do it. And fortunately, I had enough money to just spontaneously book the trip and pay for everything as I went. Um, so, yeah, I decided to go around Europe for a month and um, probably just like within the first three days of being there, um, I probably caught the travel bug, I'd say. Or about yourself? Yeah. Well, to be honest, mate, like, same with a lot of people, I think, to, to begin with, 
I had this sort of preconception before I went to uni. I was like, basically, I'm going to go to uni, and once a year, I'm going to go on a one-week sort of lads' holiday to, like, MAGA or Zanti, and I'm going to get off my head all week, and that's going to be my holiday. Do you know what I mean? That was, like, <laughs> my, that was, like my conception of it. No, I, that's I, I what I thought. That. I relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong. I, like, I went, you know, I went to Magaluf when I was 18. I had a sick time. It wouldn't really be for me now, I don't think. To, because, because basically the next year I went to I moved away I went to Leeds and I met two 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 people that really inspired me to be honest I met my friend Laura and my friend Teresa and they were a lot older than me I was like 19 I was like just moved away from home and they they were like probably 26 27 at the time and they they were telling like I, I met them at work at Clark's in Leeds and I was like ask it because like I'm quite chatty I was like oh you know you know what have you been up to and that I was chatting to them and uh, Laura, she'd been like traveling through South America for like five months or something. And I was like, buddy, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then Teresa was like, yeah, 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 I was away for a year. I went to like, I traveled all around Southeast Asia. I lived in Melbourne for a little bit, got a job. And I was like, whoa, this is well. So I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know people from around where we lived. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that was a, an option. Do you know what I mean? So immediately I was intrigued. And then, like six months later, I became good friends um, with Teresa, and she she um, she invited me on a on a trip with like another friend of mine and a couple of the people to the Philippines. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go, but I have no idea. I don't have to book flights. I don't really know how I'm going to get about. I don't know the thing about what do I do about currency, whatever. She was like, no, 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 we'll sort it out. Don't worry. Like me and uh, me and Jesse, our other friend that went, we'll sort everything out. Like in terms of organizing, you just have to transfer the money or whatever and sort of roll with it and i went yeah. and it was sick mate absolutely bl- blew my mind it was only a, a month but in the month i think the amount of money that i spent was probably the equivalent to what i would spend for a week in maga do you know what i mean because it's so much yeah. cheaper living I feel like that's like yeah. uh yeah. like two two misconceptions within like the story of like what you just said like i think a lot of people obviously some areas of the world are a lot more expensive to travel around but whenever I came back, everyone thought I spent thousands and thousands of pounds. When, like you just said, I probably spent the equivalent of going to somewhere for a longer longer duration of time. So every time I've gone away, I've always travelled for a month at least. Yeah. And I've always spent probably around the, around that 1,500, 2,000, oh, sorry, 2,000 pounds. And realistically, like, when you weigh that up, that is so affordable, really, especially people our age that can, uh, that can work and just save up like it's just two months two two three months working you get to fly away if you have the time as well obviously um and more so like how accessible it is as well like i thought that it'd be so difficult to basically plan a route or get around so yeah i've i've not been around the philippines but um around europe obviously it's very um gentrified and the transport system is pretty good so all you need, really, like the best way to travel around Europe, I'd say, and probably the most affordable, is just getting this interrailing pass. But um, that's all it really takes. It's quite simple if you just make the initial step of to I think with hostels it. as well. Some of the, and it can yeah, be better. Like you stay in some of the hostels, you meet you meet people, and like you like network. You can travel alone, and you, you would never feel isolated if you stay in the hostels and stuff like that. And you go into because it's all it's all affordable. Like you said, that is a big misconception, I think. And people are like, whoa, have you got enough money to do that? I've not. And what I, I like to work abroad. I mean, like, I I did, um, I worked at a summer camp in America for a couple of months, a couple of years. I did that in uh, this year and last year throughout the summer. 
and that's like work and it's, it's really cool you meet some great people but then uh, you can save up you're working you're doing a job and then after you have like a month or two in the country and you spend your wage just traveling and it's it's such a sick way to like travel but you're not you're not losing anything you're breaking even if anything like you, you yeah. you're earning and then working and it's pretty cool um that's why what i'm doing now like at the minute for anyone who doesn't know i'm uh living in vietnam uh teaching english um and it's a really cool cool gig like it's it's a very it's a very accessible thing in uh a lot of countries vietnam in particular and thailand you can do it in south america if you have the you just have to get a tesla or TEFL qualification it's pr- pretty straightforward uh, but it's a great way to like move somewhere else, learn about the culture, live there for a bit, be close to other countries that you want to travel in. Because I'm not traveling, you know, right now I'm living in a house, um, you know, a normal routine. I go to the gym, I go to work, whatever. But when I want to go on holiday, it's somewhere completely new and exotic and different. And it's the different, you know, it's such a short distance away. So that's why I've come out here. I think I, I really, really enjoying it, to be honest. And that's another thing I recommend looking into, like working abroad and ways at which you can travel without having to have it be such a big ex- expense. Like what would you say? Um, I know you've, you've. How long have you been there now, actually? Before I even ask this next question. Well, I've been I've been here like two months now. But I mean, you you travelled around Vietnam for a month, and you've seen a lot more of this country than me because I've been. Yeah. Busy. You know, I've I've just been working, doing a class. I've not really seen much of the country, so. I, I there's a lot of places where you went that I'd love to go to, and I'm trying yeah. to. I'm not. I'm like, difficult to like, which time off. Like what would you say the. Uh, your favorite thing about work doing the TEFL sort of thing like joy you're working there yeah, and yeah, living yeah. There. you're not necessarily traveling but like, as you just explained before you can just yeah get on a plane fly to the philippines fly to malaysia sunny doorstep yeah, yeah. a lot of the world to still explore like what would you say the the, the best thing about doing the TEFL program is um it's good because well if you do a TEFL or TEFL which is a t- don't know it's teach english as a foreign language or a second language and that's a qualification you're an english foreign language teacher um you, you can work anywhere in the world so what's good about that is um when i finished in vietnam if i want to i could go anywhere i could teach tesla in the uk to like immigrants who want to learn english you could teach tesla uh, english as a second language in uh south america with, with my qualifications so i could move there and i'd be qualified um united state anywhere like english-speaking countries non-english-speaking countries so that's really cool also i really enjoy because i've been in vietnam working here like been here for a long time you get to know you get to like you get a deeper understanding of the culture and of the people and that that's really cool and sometimes i've like like culture shock so culture shock's very much real i don't know if you've ever felt that when you've been away but like no i I definitely real definitely Mm i was gonna say um Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> this, is bound to, this is bound to happen at some point, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was bound to happen. But yeah, anyway, I guess um, what I was going to say is what do you think the most important thing or like, why do you think it is so important getting to travel and like, what do you think the best aspects of going away are? Well, I was thinking about this because obviously we knew we were going to do this and record it and... So I watched a few videos and I was thinking about it to myself. And I think, and it's difficult for a lot of people, like we can say all this and people have got jobs and people have got commitments and stuff. So you can't yeah. just, to just fuck it all off and go somewhere. But having said that, I think it's very important to travel, to, to get out of your comfort zone. And this doesn't mean you have to go to the other side of the world for, for a year or whatever. You know, yeah. this could be somewhere close to home for a short period of time. 
But I think getting out of your comfort zone is important because we're, we, we're creatures of habit. We get into a routine, don't we? And I think pushing yourself, putting yourself into new scenarios, having to like meet new people, and it changes your perspective and your outlook on things. And a lot of people yeah. at home have preconceptions about places and about certain people and, and travel. Oh, I've, just, I've, just, I've just remembered what I was going to yeah. say. Now. Just say. Go on, sorry. Basically, that's what I was going to say. Like, um, I don't know about you, and this might not even be for everyone out there, but like, another thing as well don't be scared of like obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't just go to like north korea on a holiday or whatever and go <laughs> travel around there but i mean like when you hear all these stories on the news about people going missing or a certain country apparently being so dangerous like, i'll never forget when i when i went traveling around vietnam um last summer my grandma and like, all my mum and dad and everyone were just like be careful like you might get kidnapped or mugged or whatever but when yeah. i went there like all the people were so welcoming and hospitable and just wouldn't even hurt a fly i know that might even be me being a bit naive in some sense but compared to like what people like in england i just felt as though they were a lot more friendlier and sociable um and didn't live up to this stereotypical uh, what my grandma and granddad sort of believe that um it, the world is such a dangerous place outside of england do you think that's just from the news and stuff as well? Because it's always so negative and like it's always like this place is having bombings and like it's people from this yeah. place who want to kill you and stuff. It's so dark and gloomy. There's it doesn't praise the positivity in life, does it? Really, like the mainstream news, which, which I mean, it's not really news, is it? But yeah. like it, it puts people off, especially people aren't used to it, especially people of an older generation. Like my my grandparents, for example, they don't understand when I'm like oh, I'm off to live in Vietnam. They're like, what? Are you mad? Like, <laughs> you, you'll, you might step on a landmine. That's what they were saying. I was, I'm not going to step on a landmine. It's yeah, a, like, a developing I mean, country. For me, like, just in general, I guess, in life, uh, a lot of things you don't know the reality of it until you go and try something. So for me, um, it might be a dangerous place, but you can't just let someone else decide that for you. You need to go yeah. there and see for yourself if it is true or not. Um, but like I said, for anyone who is wanting to go traveling, just do your research before and just be sensible. Like you wouldn't go roaming around the streets in a, a dark, down a dark alleyway at like silly o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like just, just be safe, like get a taxi if you've got the money, just make sure you're with people. Um, yeah, just like, just don't, just don't be an idiot really. And you should be fine. Yeah. You're just pretty clever, aren't you? I mean, like some people, they just get rat assed in the, in a foreign country, really pit. And then the wonder, I've done it yeah. myself before when I was young, younger, but it's such a silly thing to do, and it's just, just, like you say, just keeping your wits about you, doing your research, knowing what apps to download to get about, how to transport and all that, making sure you've got enough of the currency or whatever, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. I'd, I'd say that, for me, like, one of the, be- the best and like, imp- important things about travelling is going out of your comfort zone, like you said, but more so, like, just meeting all these people uh, along the way, so... For anyone who doesn't know, over summer last year, I basically went solo traveling around Vietnam. And it was my first time like traveling solo. Didn't really know what was going to happen, but I was like, this is just something that I need to do for myself um, or else I'm just going to regret it. So I solo traveled, met, started off my travels with two people from Malaysia, very friendly, very welcoming, the loveliest people I've ever met before. But everyone along the way, like, has influenced me quite a lot and they may not even know that themselves but everyone was just so genuine and everyone else was pretty much traveling solo or in at least like a group of two people um and you get to see the diversity of like 
just humans, like, I guess, like, and you see how everyone thinks differently from different places in the world, and you see what these people are like, and it just influences you quite a lot. They might, they might, you might need some advice or, or anything really, just anything that's going on during the day is just so different to what it would be like at home, and you, it can change your perspective, like you said, Jordan, really, like, in, in, they don't even really know it, and you don't really know it until you come back, I'd say, or even further mm-hmm. on your trip. It does change your perspective. Have you ever, I always feel as though, as well, like every time I go away, I, I actually always appreciate home a lot more as well. So, so for example, like when I've, if I've been away for a bit, say like this summer I was away for like four months. Um, when I came home, I like really, really appreciated home. I was like, I was actually looking forward to it. I was like, I can't, I'm looking forward to going home. But prior to that, I'd been at home for like a year. And I was getting bored, I was getting fed up with it. I was getting like annoyed at things that probably shouldn't be annoying, like first world problems, because it always catches up with you if you're yeah, in yeah, the yeah. first world, because it's, it's difficult to escape. But then when you leave, it's like every, it, you you like realize all the little things that you miss, and it's it, like you become very appreciative of that. And I, I, that's how I feel anyway. Like, every time I go home now, I'm like I'm really looking forward to little things that before I would have never even I would have just looked over them and not even given them a thought. Yeah, I'd say I'd say. It can be very, a very humbling experience, can't it? I mean, when I was in Vietnam again, uh, I went hiking in um, this mountain village called Sapa. And there were loads of tribes people that lived there in the hills. And you got to trek around with these, these tribes. And these tribes obviously have no technology really, like live off the land, make their own food, clothing, houses. And they were happier than... A lot of people that I see in England, and they have, yeah. they have, well, I'd say nothing in terms of materialistic uh, values, but there was a big sense of like uh, community, and everyone was just like sociable and was willing to help each other out. And I just thought through going through there, if these people can be happy with a lot less things than me, then what am I so unhappy about back at home? It just kind of taught me that. This is again, it's just personal to me, but that I can be a lot happier back at home and just if just by taking the same sort of perspective as as these tribes people and focusing on what I actually think holds more value rather than something being materialistic, I get more fulfillment out of making one of my friends happy or um, doing something productive that doesn't cost money or I don't know something creative. I guess I don't even, I don't even know. Sure, uh, but I'm just, I'm just, just saying whatever. Really. I'm just going, going whatever's coming to mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right, it is very humbling. There's a lady it like it's very humbling. Yeah, there's a lady at the end of my end of my street where I live currently, and she, uh, she just makes rice. She just makes fried rice at all every day, all day. She's there from like six in the morning till like eleven at night. I swear, I go in. I literally go in every <laughs> single day with this bowl of fried rice with vegetables yeah. with like a little bit of salad and some soup. It's twenty five thousand dong, which is not even a pound. It's less than a pound, and an iced tea as well. All that for less than a pound. A big fried rice, veg, salad, soup, tea, and she's there. She's she's always there. That's all she does. And she's got the biggest smile on her face. She's like one of the happiest people I see. And it's like fuck it. If we're moaning about <laughs> in our life, it's like and she's like one of the most jolliest people I've ever met, just frying rice all day, every day. She doesn't have a day off. She's there seven days a week. So, and it's just, like you said, it's kind of envy that. Is there anywhere that you, re- like, have you got any um, 
things are high on your list sort of for the next few years places you want to go or things you want to do well if i'm trying to put it in order i mean i can't think that far ahead but obviously um for anyone who doesn't know there jordan's worked at um, a camp in america in california um and he's, he's kindly invited me to go and work there with him not next summer but the year after. Well, I'll get you an interview if anyone's an interview. <laughs> an interview. All right. We'll, we'll take right, yeah, we'll it gonna... from there. We'll take You'll it from there. You'll be good. Anyone, anyone's because people might be late. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good but guy. Yeah, anyway, so <laughs> it's, it's kind of sort of out of an interview. Hopefully that goes well. But that's not this summer coming. It's the year after. I originally had like quite a few plans for, for this summer coming up. So um, through traveling around Europe, um, I'd say Amsterdam is probably my favorite place that I've visited so far. And I would like to live there when I'm older. Um, so what I was going to do um, over the next summer was going to w- go and work and live in Amsterdam for three months just to see um, if I did really enjoy living there and just see what it was like for like later on in life. But unfortunately, I just not, I've not had the time to, to work this year to get the money to do that. Um, so at the minute, I know that I'm going to go away. But... I'm actually kind of thinking about going to somewhere like Costa Rica, if I'm honest. I'm thinking about going somewhere quite right. different. Um, I want to go somewhere sunny, and beca- I'm, I'm going to be working the first two months of summer, so to save up to go away for a month. Um, so I, I feel as though I could afford something like that, and whether or not it's a month or not, I just want to go somewhere new. I've I've been around Europe quite a few times, um, and I do love it. Don't get me wrong, but I just want to go somewhere else that's a bit further out. I'm still a bit younger. Um, so Costa Rica would be really cool. Yeah, Costa Rica would be nice, man. That'd be sick. Never been, never been to that around that continent before, that sort of area. So it'd be nice. And then hopefully, like I said, the year after, um, I get to work in California with you. I hope so. Obviously, I know. I don't know, man. Yeah, not too sure. Gonna work here for some, another six months to a year. Um, do some little trips in between. I'm going to Malaysia uh, this month and then the Philippines in May. And then, don't know, to be honest. Um, after I finish, like work, maybe I'll work for a year just over, like do have a little trip in Asia and then come back to the UK for a little bit and then go back to work in the US. Uh, and then I don't know, to be honest, we'll have to see. Depends out what, 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 life, what life brings. You've not really got... Um... So much a plan. Obviously, that's not a bad thing, but it's kind of good in a way. It's kind of go and see what happens and see, yeah. see where your passions lie and then put the work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, right, so it's been twice. We've got eight minutes left, right? So <laughs> do you have a quick... I just, I just quick... love how I move It's just literally like, yeah, we've got eight minutes left, guys. <laughs> yeah, keep we're talking. Cut it to 30 minutes because I don't think anyone would want to listen to us to chatting shit for like more than 30. I think 30 minutes. I feel like we chat good shit and people will want to listen, and that's why we decided to do this podcast. But I think 30 minutes is like a good amount. Any more well, than yeah, that? It's, it, it's yeah, it's a first one, isn't it? So we'll just see what happens. Um, like I said, it's, it's not to become some sort of celebrity, is it? It's just to, no. if anyone out there wants to listen to anything we have to say about um, traveling anything. or whatever we talk about. <laughs> then it's on the internet. <laughs> but it anyway, is. Listen to and if you want to be a guest, to know. yeah, if you've got a topic that you're interested in and you want to chat to, I know a lot of people I'm going to invite already. They'll probably say no, but if you want to chat to us and you want to be on this, let us know. And no hate, please. <laughs> <laughs> the hate comments. These guys are shit. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't even care about the haters, innit? I mean, whether this is considered a pile of shit or 
<laughs> golden, golden, golden podcast, whatever. I think it uh, could be. The the whole point of it is just enjoying something. I mean, it could be a new genre like low budget podcast. <laughs> low budget. <laughs> Would it yeah. podcast? Would yeah, I mean, I thought a couple of people that invite on. To be fair, um, but I mean, that's the thing. The list of topics is endless, really. And the good thing is, obviously, I'm in England doing my thing, and you're in Vietnam, so obviously we'll have a lot to talk about. Anyway, regardless, if we mm-hmm. choose to to do it about something we're interested in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, oh, I've got a bit of echo from your side. <laughs> <laughs> You're hearing me twice. Um, so last last five minutes now, um, have you got a quick, funny travel story? Anything at all? Um, I kind of wish. I'm, I would say I'm quite a good storyteller, but I just wish I could do voices. It makes <laughs> make stories so much better, wouldn't it? You can try. Yeah. You can attempt. Well, I mean, this is, this is, I wouldn't say this is necessarily that funny, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but it's one of my, my favourite stories, I guess. I tell, I tell everyone this, just, like, just, just the randomness about it. So um, I was travelling in Vietnam. I just got back from Sapa with my Malaysian friends, and um, they'd only came to Vietnam for a week. So they left me. I said my goodbyes. Uh, and I had, I was planning to go and do the Haojang Loop, so... I was going to plan to get the bus there, then ride around the mountains for four days. Um, but until then, it was pretty early in the morning, so I was just trying to kill some time. Mm-hmm. I was rocking around Hokiem Lake in Hanoi, and um, this little Vietnamese guy like just calls me over, and I'm like, you know what? Let's see what he has to say. So I go over to him. This friendly guy is like, how are you doing? Are you having a nice day? Where are you going? Whatever. So I was like, you know what, mate? I've been in some sticky situations I need to get a SIM card um, for my phone because I've not had internet and I've been having problems. He's like, okay, jump on my bike. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to jump on his bike with him. Yeah. So I jump on his little moped, just having a lot of conversation on the way there. So he took me to the real cheap place, which was kind of him. Um, I bought a SIM card and he was like, Jack, I really like you, man. Have you tried Snake before? And I was like, I was just thinking like, what? I was like, no, why? And he was just like... <laughs> And he was just, he was just like, "Oh, do you want to go and try some?" I was like, "You know what? Fuck it! Like, I'm in Vietnam. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with a flow here." So, jump on his bike. Takes me 20 minutes out of um, the city center to a restaurant that only serves cobra. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that only serves cobra. The hung snake restaurant. If anyone uh, wants to know what it's called, hung snake. Uh, the hung snake restaurant. It's in Hanoi as well. And um, the first thing he did, it was pretty funny. In orderly fashion, he was just getting photo. He wanted me to get photos of everybody who worked there and the owner and stuff, which was quite quite funny and nice of him. And then the first thing I had to do was pick out a cobra. So I picked out a cobra that I yeah. wanted to eat. Um, they killed it in front of me. Okay. Oh, and then the first thing I had to do after that, so I went upstairs. The restaurant was pretty nice actually. Um, and the first thing they do traditionally, they put the they bring they cut the snake tart out, pour it in um, a shot glass with. Um, snake wine, which is half snake blood, half rice wine, and you just shot a beating heart. Um, that was quite a mad experience, to be fair. It might look a bit disgusting, but it went down pretty well, if I'm honest. <laughs> sounds um, horrible. It sounds horrible, but if you just if you don't think about it and just do it, it's, it's all right. I just did it for the experience, um, and it wasn't too bad. And after that, I had um, a 10-course snake meal, but before that even happened... <laughs> Yeah, 10 cost <laughs> cobra meal, yeah. But weirdly enough, 
this guy who I just met 20 minutes ago, uh, pulls out his phone and is like, do you know who this guy is? And he shows, turns his phone around to me and it's um, fake taxi. So if anyone knows what fake taxi is <laughs> out there, you know what I'm on about. So I'm like, yeah, I know this is like, why are you showing me this? He's like, oh, like, um, is it real? I was like, um, no, obviously it's not real. He's got a license and that to do to do oh, fake tax business. God. And then um, he's like, oh, all the Vietnamese guys like look up to him and like idolize um, John out of <laughs> John out of fake taxi. And then the restaurant owner's son came and sat down with us. Had a, he was quite a lovely guy, and he was just showing me all these weird, um, these like weird, not body parts of like humans, but like weird animal body parts that are being like preserved in jars and I can't like just like weird snakes I don't know why which it was still interesting as weird as it was um but the, anyway the snake the cobra was actually pretty tasty like weirdly enough uh ironically enough should I say uh, I am actually a vegetarian but when I go away that kind of goes out the window just to try all this cuisine that obviously mm-hmm. I'm not going to try back at home um and it, it does taste like chicken. It was pretty nice. So I had stuff like snake soup, um, snake and seaweed, like rolls, barbecued snake, like grilled snake. You sound like... Uh, Go on. You sound like uh, Bobber from Forrest Gump. With, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, which snake potatoes. Imagine, imagine anything you could do to me that can do that to snake. You, leave, you even have a pot crackling equivalent of snake. snake crackling. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's like the snake skin. And they basically just make it into crackling. However, they do that. I'm no, I'm no chef over here, and I still no, tried no. that. And he, he even paid for my dinner, and it was like forty US dollars, which is like quite steep, really, considering like the the price of food in Vietnam. Yeah. And the, and he it, it took me back to my hotel. Honestly, so before I even did that, it took me for a two-hour tour around Hanoi like, on his motorbike, just for, all for free, all for free. And then took me back to my hostel to grab my bag and drop me off on my bus to go to Zhang. And I've never seen him before in my life. Well, I'm not going to see him again, but um, all of that from just giving a guy a chance on the street. That's a bit of advice for anyone out there. Go with the flow. Be sensible, obviously. This guy, was, you could tell he wasn't a criminal and was going to do me any damage. Um, but just give people a chance. Not everyone in every country is trying to get your money. Um, so, yeah. What about you? It's a good story. Me, um, I've got a quick one. So, I was in uh, New York in september and i was staying with a family in just north of new york in sort of a little um area called white plains it's like a jewish community and they were lovely really nice family and they were like one day they were like jordan we go into a bar mitzvah today would you like to come <laughs> you don't want to come and i was like what do you mean i, was like, I definitely want to come they were like really you want, you want to come i was like yeah of course i want to come so they were like okay cool so they invited me along and i went and I just went to this random kid's bar mitzvah. I, I, I was given a skull, a skull cap. And she was like, do you want a clip to clip it to your hair? I was like, no, no, no. She was like, okay. And it kept falling off in the service. <laughs> I was like a right idiot. My, my skull cap, every time I like kneeled over, my skull cap would fall on the floor and everyone would look at me. And I'd pick it back up and put it on. Um, and you have to read. So the, the person having the bar mitzvah, uh, I don't know what they would be called, the, the boy, he was like singing lots of Hebrew songs. And I had like a Torah, which is sort of their... Um, Holy Bible. script, or whatever. Yes, yeah, like their Bible equivalent, whatever. And it, it, you read it backwards, so like you turn the pages, you go the opposite way basically, and you read from right to left. I think. Yeah. Or, well, no, no, I don't think you read from right to left, but you read the right page first and then the left. 
so you're going backwards in the book and I kept getting mixed up and lost and I was always on the wrong page and there was this girl sat next to me and she kept like tutting she kept going like and then like putting, <laughs> putting me on the right page and pointing and looking at me like really like, like annoyed and I was like oh okay cool but that was really funny um I was obviously I was a bit of a I was kind of out of place, but they all they all kind of like that. Everyone came to chat to me, and afterwards there's like a big meal with all this Jewish food, and I got chatting to this lady. She was like, she was pretty old. She she must have been like, well, sure. Anyway, she I was chatting to her. She's this old lady, and I was like, oh, where are you from? She was like, oh, I'm from New York, but I'm originally from France. And I was like, from France, really? I was like, when did you move to New York? She was like, when I was when I was like seven in 1942, and I came <laughs> I came over on a boat from Europe and that was when the when that was in World War Two. she was from France and that was when the Germans the Nazis were occupying and she could remember she remembers coming from Nazi occupied France to New York on a boat that's a long way on a boat and she said the boat was designed to fit like seven I think ten seven to ten people on or something like that and she said there was like a hundred people living on this boat the whole way there she said it was crazy. She had she didn't have the clearest memory because she was a child when it happened, but it was just mad. And I just got chatting to all these interesting old Jewish people, and it was pretty cool. I've never been into anything like that. I'm not a religious person, but I'm always up for trying new experiences and new things. And that yeah. was just really. And they were all really friendly and welcoming. I'd say that's what we probably should finish on. Really, I'd say that um, when you go away, just just go away with an open mind. Don't be expecting anything. And just be open to the idea of trying new things, and I think that you'll have a, a really good time, and it will you'll have a much better experience. Yeah, be open to meeting people and like learning from them. Try not to be like too full of yourself, and just like be open and like be willing to listen to people's cultural differences and stuff. Because people surprise you. People are so similar, I think, from around the world, but also so different at the same time. And it's true, like you were saying before, it's truly humbling experience and something that everyone should should try to do uh, and implement within their lives if possible. I think. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. But yeah, um, cool. Right. Enjoy chatting to you. Episode one. <laughs> episode, episode one of the low budget um, podcast. <laughs> I think soon. Even if we get a million viewers and we're making, like, we're rolling in it, making big money just from our podcast, keep low budget. Keep, we'll keep doing it right, over Is that the niche? Yeah, we'll, get, we'll just keep it at that. That's the niche. So yeah, if you're still listening, uh, thank you for listening. Like, uh, drop yeah, us a cheers, message. Man on whatever if you know we've not got a uh, anything for real talk i guess but like you could just instagram me or jack and uh drop, drop us a message let us know if you want to be on if you've got any ideas or if you've got any any feedback if you think it was shit let us know <laughs> <laughs> and any feedback would be appreciated cool right okay well uh that was real talk we'll uh see you next week all right in a bit hey do you love a good story great then you got to check out the Hashtag Storytime podcast. Each episode brings you the craziest, creepiest, and cringiest stories from YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, and beyond. My story is about the time that I was broken up with at the 9-11 memorial uh, twice. Look, the internet is a dumpster full of stories. And I, your host, Will McFadden, dive in headfirst, sift through the flaming trash, and bring you nothing but treasures. Listen to all 21 episodes of Hashtag Storytime now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. 
from high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com.